So I'm going to pick up this week, talking about an Nakuda that we didn't get to last week. That why why did the Gemara assume that there should be an Issa between Dabar Bashava, between Bashava and Uriah? So Rashi and Tesis have a Machlekes here. Rashi says, Now this is very interesting. That means that according to Rashi, there was Edim on the instance of David HaMashavah. Now, for me to imagine that there was Edim on the actual adultery, so that's very hard to imagine, right? They assume that they were in private. So what's it mean? David sent messengers to Masheva. Masheva sent messages to David that she was that she had uh, that she was pregnant. People knew that there was interactions between him and her, and inasmuch as people knew there was interactions between her and her, that sufficed as Edim on what was transpiring. Tisa sounds differently. Tisa says, Right, there was Edim in that incident of David Masheva. Says Tisa, ain't near it. So it says it doesn't seem to be that pshat. Why? Didn't he do the rabbim Even though everyone knew that he brought it to his house, they didn't see an actual insertion of his male organ into her. Because he didn't do, he didn't have this adulterous affair, whatever this, these relations, in front of other people. And therefore, this is not willing to accept Rashi's pshat. Aye, if that's true, then. So what is it that created the prohibition? Why should it be Aser? So it says, Venir the Ri the Forish. And it seems the Ri to explain as follows, that what? That Im Tamer the Pesach Pesuch Kishne Edim. Tell me, if you're going to tell me that Pesach Pesuch is tantamount to Edim and Milo Asrul the David, why didn't they make it Aser the David? Now why should it be Aser? Did David have your day of Bivadei Because David himself knew he did Shuva. David himself knew that he had relations with him, I'm sorry. Now, what's that mean, David himself knew that he had relations? It means that David knows that David had relations with Bathsheba. And David knows that Bathsheba was Ashes or Yachiti. So if David knows that he had relations with her, says Tesvis, seemingly, that that should be tantamount to a Shavya that should create a Hoydos Balden, that should create an Isser. His idea that he had relations with her, that should suffice to create a prohibition. Now, even though David and Melech did tshuva for the incident of Bathsheba, and nonetheless though, David and Melech remained married to her. So even though he did tshuva, he remained married to Bathsheba. But if she was Aser to him, then David Melech Isid Sadik would have taken her as a wife. So now we see Tesvis understands the question of the Gemara as follows: is since he knows there should be Hodas Baldin, and since we have Hodas Baldin regarding David himself, how come he didn't become Asa to him? How could he could take her as a wife? Then the Gemara answers it was Enus. In the world of Rashi, it's a whole different question. How come they didn't create an Isser? Adam saw what transpired, and since Adam saw what transpired, then she be she be Asamidina. They both answer the same question with different Yisaitas. The first answer is that that because of Enos. So either the Adam are irrelevant because it was Enos, or the Adas Baldins are relevant because it was a case of Enos. That's the Machlikas here, Rashi Tesvis. Now the Gemara does bring a second answer, and the second answer is that 
the David, that everyone who went to Muhammad Svi's David wrote again Krisis the Bailo. Then everyone wrote, I'm sorry, the Ishtar, that everyone wrote again Krisis, everyone wrote a, a divorce document. We'll talk what was the nature of that divorce document later on in Yat Hashem. But everyone wrote a divorce document to his wife. And therefore, that was the second answer why David was an Asr. Now, how does Inus help here? How does the fact that it was Inus say that she's still Mutaris to, to David? Although at the end of the day, David Melech was Biratzon. Right, so very good that that Basheva was Ba'inus, but David was Baratzen. So Rashi has a shtikotari here. Rashi says that the Isser of the Boyal is dependent on the Isser to the Baal. And since Basheva was muttered to the Baal, why was Basheva muttered to the Baal? Because, because it was Ba'inus, and therefore he learned it possible that she's Mutaris to the Baal. So, so too, once there was no prohibition made to the Baal, there was no prohibition made to the Boil of David Melech. Now, the Rishash here has an arichas about this, and let's see it inside, because it's a chash of a piece, and it's a halachic piece. So he says as followed, We have to down on this, We see from this din of David Melech that if a person rapes a lady, the lady he raped, even if she's married, is still mutter to him. After the Pirush of Svara, have we called the Chaymim Miratzen? Did it say also? Even though Miratzen, we should say it's also that if Ratzen, they're both Miratzen, he's also. So all the more so when he's a Miratzen, he forces her. There's more of a reason to make him also. And the Kimedin and Esaris the Baal. So, however, though, since she's become also to the husband, the Chain Gam the Boil Muteris. Therefore, she also becomes Muter to the husband, to the to the person who raped her. Him Kain is that true? Hachanami the Uriah. So too, when it comes to Uriah, the Heisen Esaris Al Piedusa the David. She doesn't become Asr due to the testimony of David. Because a person can't make himself into a Rasha. Even if you want to say there's Pagina Dibur, we don't believe David regarding himself, or you believe David regarding Uriah. However, that works. At the end of the day, he's only Nedechod. So, how can Nedechod create an Isr? So, so it must be that there's something called a neman kabeitrei, that even though it's only one aid, if the if the person would believe him, like to aid him, then that still creates prohibition. It comes along the rishash and says as follows: At this stage of the gemara, that we didn't know that a person who raped a lady was mutter to the bail. After shari. Even though that we knew that she was wanted a husband, but there's a big reason to make a distinction. The chin would have thought name of the Baal, even if we say that she's wanted the Baal, we would have thought she's also the David. And there, that's what the Gemara asks. That what the Gemara says that at the end of the day, because even if regarding the din of Uriah. She should be Muteris, because it was Inis, we learned it Pasa. Regarding David, it was Ratzan. Vlid, Fidamada Inis, Sharia. That which we come to the conclusion that Unis is Mutter, Gam the Boyal. Even to the husband, Mitum de Ina, Surah the Baal, because she's not also to the Baal. Gam Bekai Gamna, Shari, Gam the Boyal. Mihai Taima Gufei. Then she's going to be Mutter to the Boyal, also from the same reason. Vichan Mitchin Taimi Nokot. And then he says, is Halach Lamaisis. Comes along the Rishash and says a Kiddish. Now, what was the Shaklatari of the Gemara? Shaklatari was, we would have thought there's a half a meter to distinguish between the Issa to the Baal and the Issa to the Baal. Kamash Malon, we don't make such a distinction. 
that once the the the, the din the iser to the boil is dependent on the iser to the bow. So now this is a this is a very interesting idea, right? What was so if I'm going to ask you what's what creates a prohibition between the the lady and the person who raped her? What creates that prohibition? So. It seems the Havamina was that we would have thought the fact that she was a married lady is what creates a prohibition. He had relations with a married lady. Now, what's the problem having relations with a married lady? The answer is that she is Gilearias. Is Gilearias? Is Mamish Gilearias? So let's go back. We have a machlikas and Avgimelamad Beis between the Rinutam and the Rivon. What creates a prohibition between a wife to her husband? According to the Rinutam, who held there was no head of Karka Ilam, so how come there's an Isser, and there what, and there what, there's no Gilirayas by a non-Jew, so how come there's an Isser when a person, Berotzen, has relations with a non-Jew? So there we said, based on what she was Marik, there's something called a Me'ila Mabayla, that she was not loyal in the relationship, and a lack of an act of a lack of loyalty is what creates a prohibition. But the Rivon, where a relations with a non-Jew is Yarayas, so then how come there were certain times that there's prohibition, it's not Yarayas, in the case the Gemara there on Gimel Mabiyiz, there is because of the concept of Karka Ilum, that Arayas, B'Shev is not Mechayv Misa. But what creates a prohibition is a, is a Maisa Arayas. The Maisa Arayas is the reason, is the catalyst for the Isser. So number one, it seems like the Rashash is assuming that the catalyst for the Isser is the Maisa of Gilu Arayas. That seems very, very clear. And that since David and Melech did Arayas Baratzan, even if Bathsheba didn't, so Bathsheba not doing it Baratzan doesn't create an Isser regarding Bathsheba to Uriah. But since David and Melech did a rayas and that she created an Isser from David to Bathsheba. That seems to be the Kasha. To that the Gemara answers a Chiddush. That no, that when it comes to, when it comes to the Isser to the Bayal, there the Isser is not, the, the Isser of the Bayal is not an Isser of a rayas. It's an Isser of, of creating, generating an Isser to the Baal. And if the Baal didn't generate an Isser to the Baal, so then, he also doesn't get an Isser. That's the Chiddush of the Gemara. That's a very, very Gishmaka piece from the Rishash, how to learn what was the Havimina Maskana of the Gemara, and it's dependent on the Lambdas that we said before on Daf Gimel. Now, I brought for you here a Beishmuel, I'm not going to read it inside, but the Beishmuel also says a similar Lambdas here, and he says he wants to make it that the Tisvis goes with this Lambdas, that the Isser to the Baal is dependent on the, the Isser to the Baal, I'm sorry, is dependent on the Isser to the Baal, he says the mice the Yushalmi is not like that. And he wants to say that that's Gufa, the Machlikas, between the two languages of our Gemara. That the Gemara by us that says that the first terrorist is why wasn't David Amalek Asr is because of Inis. There the Gemara was assuming that the gener- that what generates the Isser to the Boel, to David Amalek, would have been the Arias. There was been the Isser to the, ba- the Baal, I'm sorry. And since there's no Isser to the Baal, so then there's no Isser to the Baal either. The second terrorist of the Gemara is there was a get Krisiskos of the Ishtai, that he was a get, they weren't married. And if they weren't married, it wasn't an act of Arias. There, the Beishmul wants to say that the Gemara was Chilek. The Gemara held that really what created the Maisa Isser was the act of Arias. Therefore, the Gemara established a Dafkin a case where there's no incident of Arias. And if there was no incident of Arias, that's why David Achimelech was Mutter. And that's what he says is that the Shita say, you show me. And therefore, he wants to make it. That's a machlikis between the Balitesis and the Yushalmi, what creates the Isser to the Boil. Is it like the first answer that the Isser to the Baal, what generates the Isser to the Boil? Is it like the second answer of the Gemara, that the Maisa Arayas Beratzen, what creates the Isser? 
Now this depends on a Shulchan Aruch. A Shulchan Aruch says that Hachshiras al Ishashish, a person who's suspect on having adulterous affairs, Nimayla Kinu Vestiro, Relations of Mimorim, if there's Kinu Vestiro and she didn't go through the process of Mesaito, Hayvanesa al Baila Bishvila, since she became also to her husband due to him, she also becomes also to the person that she went to seclusion with. The same way she's also to her husband. And she goes ahead and marries him. We force him to give a get. Even if they had a few kids already. But nonetheless, we force him to get divorced because there was an act of adultery here. At least a savik saito. And so we learn from Kabbalah, the same way she's also to her husband, so too she's also also to the person who raped her. The Huadin says the Ramal, Huadin im Nesu bishvila the Baila. And so too, if she became also to him due to the Baal, the, the, right, the, the, if she became also because of him to the Baal, she's also, she's also also to him. So now, what's the Din there? What's the Ramal adding? This is really what the Beishmu is coming to address, that the Khur is a Din Pashat. So there he wants to say this Chiddush, that the Chiddush of the Ramah is that any time there's an Issa generated on the Baal, there's also an Issa generated on the, on the, on the husband. Now, Nafkamina number one is in the case of Inus. In the case of Inus, even though the Boal was Beratzon, the Boal will still be Mutter. Why? Because there's no Issa generated on the husband. But let's say, another Nafkamina, let's say that the Boal was Israel, but the husband was a Kayin, and the Kayin becomes Aser. So since he created an Isra on the Koyin, then that's going to create an Isra on the Boil, even though normatively a case of Inus wouldn't create an Isra. I, this guy's not a Koyin, it doesn't make a difference. What causes his Isra is the fact that he had generated an Isra regarding the other guy. So the Ramah is in the world of the Beishmul is going like, this is going like the first answer of the Gemara. And it seems the Yishlain of the Mechaber is saying something different than that. But that's a, it's, it's a massive nafkamina that's coming out that the, the whole lumdis of what's creating the Isser in the world of the, of the Ramah isn't the Arayas Biratzan. What's creating the Isser is the fact that he created a generated Isser on her husband. The very Gishmaka Nakuda. Now, afterwards, I'm going to bring two more points here, the Gishmaka points, but uh, I think they're important. Um, the Gemara says that David and Melech was Ma'anis Matsheva. It says it was an Inus. Now, that explains to us why there's no Issa the Baal, Issa the Baal. But at the end of the day, that means that the Gemara is clearly saying that Dabba the Melech was Ma'anis Matsheva. That's very bothersome, right? The Gemara in Shabbos says, Kola chata A person who says that Dabba the Melech made a sin, he made a mistake. It's, it's an Issa de Raisa to, to rape a lady, right? So, and yet the Gemara is saying it was Inus. How could that be? How could, what, what, what's that mean? How are we supposed to relate to such a thing? So, first of all, I'm going to talk to you about uh, a Shut Chaim Shol. The Shut Chaim Shol was written, I think, by the Chido. He was from Baghdad. He was a Talmud of the Ben Chai. And he writes here in Chaim Shol, he says two Nakudas, which are very, very Gashmak Nakudas. He says, number one, Onus means you're doing something against your will. Now, there's sometimes that you can do something against your will because someone physically makes you do it. So, a man can force himself upon a woman even though she's saying no. And that is one type of onus. Right? Now, there's a different type of onus 
where a person is stuck doing something even though they don't want to be doing it, but they think that they have to do it. And I'll give you a great example. Imagine if you thought the king was telling you to do something. Imagine if you thought a king was telling you to do something. So if a king is telling you to do something, then you don't have a choice. So, there, says the Chaim Shol, that when the Gemara says that David Melech was Ba'inus, it doesn't mean that David Melech has to shalom force himself on Batsheva. If it's that when Batsheva was called to come to David Melech, it could be that if Batsheva, you were to ask her, she would have put it aside and say, Batsheva, let's have a serious talk now. This won't get to the king. Let us know what you want to do. Maybe she would say she wasn't interested. But that's not how she acted. And David Melech had no way to know that. But the fact that she acted in a way due to David Melech's stature, as opposed to David, the fact that she was coming from her own, you know, independent choice, that would suffice to be called onus. That's stage number one in the Pshat and the, the Chaim Shol. Now, stage number two is that through this concept, he wants to actually prove, he wants to explain a line in the Gemara. The Gemara says that when the Gemara asked two kashas on the Brahis originally, and the Brahis says, Halokashya hochika omar, that what? That ina ishina seras al maila ala ella al iske bilvod. Right, a lady only becomes asa to a husband unless there's kinavistira. Now, how do we know that? Mimaisa shahoya. We know that from the Maisa shahoya. Why? Deloy havi kinavistira. Because there is no kin of istira, itzira, and therefore it shouldn't become asar. Now that's a very interesting proof, right? What's your proof? Just because there is no kin of istira, that's why it shouldn't become asar. So comes along the Chaim Shol and says as follows. What would happen if a lady came and said that the reason she had relations was because was because that she felt like she had to. So now if that makes sense, the person she had relations with is the king, so you could say, okay, we're here, so let's, let's talk about it, let's discuss this. Now, what will we do? So let's look at the circumstance. If, in the circumstance, there was circumstantial evidence to prove to us that she wasn't just doing it because she really uh, felt like she had to because she was the king, but because she was also interested, so then, if that's the case, Senavada, there won't be a heter of onus. But if there's no circumstantial onus, and it's logical that what she's saying is true, because at the end of the day, the king called her in. So then, then we would say she's Muteris. So comes along the Chaim Shol and says, that's Pshat the Gemara. The Gemara is saying, we know it's onus. Why do we know it's onus? Because there was no Kinui Vestira. What's that mean? If circumstantially we were to see that she was being flirtatious and she was acting a certain way that made Uri upset to the extent that he said something to her, then Nevada, she can't claim after the fact that there was an onus here and that he she only acted out of this way because circumstance demanded as such. She can't make that claim because, look, even when circumstance didn't demand as such, look how you were behaving. But since there was no kinui vestira, that's megala to us that our basic assumption is that the, she only acted this way based off David Melech's stature. And if it's only based off David Melech's stature, then there we have a leniency of onus that we could apply here. Which I think is a very, very gishmak upshot now in the reading of the Gemara. Before, we didn't really have a clear upshot in the Gemara that, uh, you know, the Gemara said something 
the, the, we asked the two kashas on the brayso. The Gemara tried to redact it, and that stage of the brayso, it didn't make so much sense. But at the end of the day, the Gemara is going to ask another question and redact it a third time. Here, there's a real geshmak abshat. That the whole concept here of einus is it's an einus due to David Melch's stature, not to David Melch's actions. And we can prove to you it's an einus due to stature based off the fact that there was no kinu vestira. Now, I want to prove to this from the psilkim. This the Chaim Shaul doesn't do. But I want to make a deal in the psilkim that actually support the stance of the Chaim Shaul. Now, let's go back. We saw last week the psilkim from Shmuel and Bey's Shmuel Perkin Aleph. Look here with me on Pasuk Dalet. The Pasuk says, Vayishlach David Melochim. David sent messengers to Mat Sheva. Avayikachel. And he took her. Now, Avayikachel is David took her. Then it says, Vatavli Elov, she came to him, Vayishkav Ima, and he lied with her. So now, there's a stira here. What happened? David Melech took her, or Bashava came to David. It was consensual. The Pasuk says, Vayikacheho, that he took her, and immediately afterwards it says, Vatavli Elov, and she came to him. So David Melech took her, she came to him. Which one? According to the Chaim Shol, the pshat is one and the other. That's the hainuhach. Veikachil is that David Melech took her. It's v'tavo elov. She went to him because it was David Melech who was taking her. So the two things are not a stira. It's a veikachil, and due to who was the veikachil, then it was v'tavo elov. So this is mamish. I think this diuk is a gavaldik diuk that the two things coexisted, that David Melech took her, and Mitad she went to him, it was consensual. From David Melech's perspective, it was consensual. From her perspective, it was an onus. David Melech didn't know that. Mimele, it's not a problem. Mimele, that's why it could still be considered an onus. Now, what are you going to tell me? That, very good, you made it, so that David Melech is not cruel. He's not cruel. But at the end of the day, he did a hate. At the end of the day, he did a hate. So how does that fit with the Gemara and Shabbos? That Kula Ima David Chote Ina Velatoya. So for here, I brought for you a Chesam Sefer. The Chesam Sefer, but it's a Mesa Kasha. Right? A person could say, David Melech did a sin. How could it be? So it comes along, the Chesam Sefer, and says, You should know that in both of the Shainas, both in the Lishna Kama and the Lishna Basa, both in the Lishna, the answer of the Gemara of why was Uriah, why was Batsheva Motor to David? was either because of onus or because of get krisos. So it says the Chassam Sefer that both answers believe that there was a get given. Both answers, not just the second answer, believes that there was a get given. Even the first answer agrees that there was a get given. Aye, if the first answer agrees that there was a get given, so then how come they had to go ahead and explain that, that what? They had to come ahead and explain that there was an onus. So now comes along with Safer and says, there's a very interesting reality here, right? We have a reality that there was a lady who had relations with someone who's not her husband in a time period where retroactively we realized that she wasn't married. But if we were to go back in time, during the time period between the time she got the get and the time that Uriah died, was she allowed to have relations? She was a suffocatious ish. So for there, says the Chesam Sefer, that was a machlekes between the Lishna Kama and the Lishna Basa, what's the state of her in that time period? According to the Lishna Kama, after she got the get before Uriah died, she still has the din of an Ish. And therefore, if she was to be with Dovah the Melech, 
that would create a prohibition, even though retroactively we'll see that she wasn't even married then, but because in that time period, halachically, it was forbidden to have relations, then, says the Sefer, the only reason she's still Mutar Sadovid is because it was coupled with an illness. But according to the second Lishnah, inasmuch as retroactively it'll reveal to us at the time where they were intimate, there was actually no marriage whatsoever. So therefore, under those circumstances, we don't even need the case of Onus. Even if it was Beratzon, it's not a problem, because at the end of the day, when I look at the clock, when it's a practical question, is David married to, is David Mutter to Bathsheba? So they will say, absolutely, she wasn't married at the time where they were intimate in the past. And therefore, that he wants to say is in the Kudus Machlikis. So according to some Sefer, the whole discussion doesn't even start, because in both circumstances, whether it was Onus or it was Get Creases, in both answers of the Gemara, there's actually a Get Creases. So now that we discussed, we started discussing this answer of a Get Creases, and we did a pretty good job explaining the Gemara before of Kinu Vestiro. Let's see the Gemara of Get Creases. Let's try to understand and break down what's going here. And in Mitzvah Shem, we don't have all the time in the world, but in the next half hour or so, we'll try to get Ad Magas. So says the Gemara, Vibay Zemo, or you could answer, Kihanda Amr of Shmuel Banachmeni. We could explain that David is Melech based off the statement of Rishmo Ba Nachmeni, Amr of Yechonon, I'm sorry, Amr of Yenison, in the name of Rabbi Yenison, that Kul Hayud say the Melchomus based David, that anyone who went out to a war of David and Melech, get Krisus Kisiv the Ishtay. He would write a get Krisus to his wife. He would write a divorce document to his wife. Dechsiv, how do we know? Because it says in the Pasuk, you should check your brothers to make sure they're well. And you should take their guarantees. This, Yishai said to David Melech, we know from Shmuel Aleph that in the times where Shaul became Melech, the Plishtim and Shaul fought many wars together. There came a war where there's a certain famous Plishti named Goliath, and they came out. So during that war, three of David Melech's brothers went down to fight the Plishtim. And his father sent him, they sent the brothers food, but he also said, So the Gemara asks, What does it mean that you should take these guarantees from your brother? Tani Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef taught, that they should take something which is combined, mixed between him and her, meaning to say that you should get this get krisis, this get krisis that they used to write, the soldiers used to write, if they die in war, or we'll discuss exactly what was written in it, those documents you should actually take back, and that way that their wives won't have to sit a gunas if they don't come home. That's the end of this stage of the Gemara. Um, and here, let's pause here. Let's see how far we're going to take this. I'm not sure. We'll see. Mitzvah Shem will get to the rest of the Gemara also, but at least part this part. Let's see. Let's see how far we get. Yeah. So Rashi says as follows: Get Kriyas cause of the Ishtay. Rashi says she milmos b'molchama. If he dies at war, yeah, get it will be a divorce document miyum ksivase from the day that he wrote it. And behold, Oriah died. So now, according to Rashi, what was the get? The get was as follows. Right? Let's talk about Oriah. Oriah is about to go off to war. He left three months before David and Melech ever saw Masheva. And he says, Masheva, I'm going off to war. I don't want you to be stuck the rest of your life. 
And therefore, I'm giving you a divorce document. This document should take effect from today, from the day that I'm leaving, from today. And if I don't, if I die in war, you will be divorced from this day. That's the basic understanding of Rashi. So his divorce document should take effect from the time he left. And it should only come into fruition if he dies at war. That's the basic understanding of Rashi, and we're going to discuss this at length. That's Nukuda number one. Nukuda number two, just a tangential point in Rashi, is that Rashi says, right? This is the war of Shaul. So now it's an interesting language. The Gemara says, And he went out into a war of Beis David. That's who should go ahead and write this get. And yet, we see that the source of it was from Melchamah Shaul. So the Chorah is not Dafka. It doesn't mean Kolo Yotzim Melchamah Beis David. It meant also when they went down Beis David, the same way they did in the times of Shaul, they also did it in the times of David Melech. And that seems to be the Pashup Shad in the Sugya here. Now, Tesis goes to town on Rashi. Yeah, Tesis goes to town on Rashi. Tesis says, I actually want to read this inside together. Yeah, Tusa says, Rashi explains that if the husband was to die at war, it should be a get from the time that he wrote the get in the first place. Meaning it shouldn't take effect right before he dies. Rather, it should actually take a take effect from the time he wrote it. The kasha that Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam is a kasha now. Dim Kain, if that's true, that what? That the get should only take effect from the time that he wrote it. Michael Hayyotse. What's it mean, Kol Hayyotse? Right? Kol Hayyotse implies that this get works for anyone. If, why does it say if it works for anyone? If it only helps for a person who doesn't have sons, but his husband has a brother. What's that mean? It means as follows. It means that the whole concept here is not, according to Rashi, if we're taking it literally, we're not having a get for everyone who doesn't come home from war. Let's say a person's taken captive. Let's say we don't know, we just don't have witnesses to see what happened, and Plony doesn't come home. So it could be he's dead, it could be he was taken captive, it could be he just decided to run away, he had a mental breakdown, whatever it was, he didn't want to go back home. So now, is she still married? According to Rashi... The strictest interpretation is absolutely yes. Why? Because the only thing that the get works on is if the husband dies. If the husband dies, we have to have, we have to have actually Adis that he's dead. So what does that help now? If once you have Adis that he's dead, so what's the get help bichlau? So the only thing that the, the get helps with is to prevent evil. So there, Tzitzis is asking Abba Bakasha, how can we say that Kula say the Melchamas based David is writing a get? It's not true. The only people that write have to write gets according to Rashi are the people who want to prevent evil. That's a very limited category. That's only a category of people who didn't have children, and the husband has a brother. That's Kasha number one on Rashi. Kasha number two. There's a Kasha from the Gemara in Gitten. What's the din of a lady who got a conditional get between the time that she was given the get and the time that the get became active, that the condition was fulfilled and now she's divorced? 
And according to Yehuda, she's an Ishasi, she's a married woman. And it's going on that which is taught earlier. That this is your get from today if I die. And so too, there's an implication that Tesefta, Alma, and therefore we could arrive. Even though their condition was from Mehayim, nonetheless, Yeah, it's going to be as if she's an Ashes Ish entirely. Right? So David is very good that she has a get, according to Rashi. And the get was given on the condition that Uriah dies. But such a get, in the interim, she's an Ishish Ish. And the David Melech? David Melech was an Ishish Ish? How could it be? Yeah, so continues Tesis. It says, Like the one explains in the case where it says, From the time that I'm in the world, That which he says from today, doesn't mean that the get should take effect right away. What's it mean? It means that the get should take effect one moment before his death. Meaning to say that while during a time period, while he's still alive. So it shouldn't be a problem of get la'achemisa. And the only reason he said ma'ayim doesn't mean literally, it doesn't say mean from today. Rather it means that it should be from a time where the gets he's still able to give a get while he's still alive. Yeah. Umiu said yeah, that's just his kasha. So therefore that during those internal according to Yehuda, even though he said Mehayoim, she was still married because the get didn't take effect yet. I the get didn't take effect yet, so David Melik's in trouble. So Kasha number two on Rashi now comes along thesis and wants to start redacting things here. And he says as follows Maybe we can distinguish between when someone says Mehayuim, the Pirish Behedya, to a case where he says explicitly, that it should take effect from the time where he wrote. And it has to be that he meant from the time it was written, Shiaget. And that's when it take effect. That's number one. So, how come we didn't have this issue of Safagish's ish according to. The answer is because Uriah said explicitly it should be from the time where he wrote it, not from the time right before he died. Void. And furthermore, even if he said and he wasn't specific, that we could still answer with Rashi and say as follows. The condition wasn't specifically if he should die in war. Rather, the condition was, If he doesn't come back from the war, right? And if he doesn't come back from the war, then we can also, that addresses our first question. How come it's It's only for preventing evil? The answer is not true. The answer is that if he doesn't come back at the end of the war, so then, that's already considered a fulfillment of the condition, and she's free. Now, what does that prevent? That prevents Agunos. Why? Because even if I don't have Edom that he died, or even if I don't, he was taken into captive, or even if I don't know what happened to him, inasmuch as he never came back, the get takes effect from the time that it was given. And therefore, that's going to prevent Agunos. Ah, if that's true, how could we say that's explaining Shitas Rashi? Rashi says explicitly, Shim Yamus. So says Teisvis, Va'agav Rieta Nelkat Bekuntras Im Yamus. 
That was just a pletus peh. That was something which he said not precisely. Why would he say that not precisely? The That the generally speaking, if a person doesn't come back from war, it's because he died. But in Hanami, granted, it's the same halacha, even if it's taken captive. And therefore, definitionally, we can't say that means it should only take effect from the time, the last time period when he's alive. Like the Gemara again says, It has to be that because meaning to say the moment before he dies only works if the condition was about death. But if the condition is a, a non committal, a nondescript condition, as long as he doesn't come back from the war, then Mayim can't mean before he dies, because it could be the get takes effect while he's still alive. Therefore Tusis wants to address both answers of both Kashas on Rashi with one answer. Now, ask Tusis a new Kasha. Once you've told me that the whole condition here is that maybe it is gonna come home that's when they get, that's going to be called the bitla get. But if he doesn't come home, there's no bitla get. It gets fulfilled. Read the Novi. The Novi says that Oriya came home. Oriya came back from the war. So if Oriya came back from the war, how come the get wasn't bottle? Kasha. You could say that no, the condition really wasn't if he doesn't come back. The condition was if he doesn't come back at the end of the war. And he came, at the end of the day, he came back. He didn't come back at the end of the war. And according to this, it makes sense. That which the Gemara says in Perkazov, it's better for a person to have relations with a lady who is a suffocatious. And you shouldn't embarrass your friend in public. And we can derive that from the incident of Mashava. The suffocatious ish that there she was a suffocatious. The because maybe she'll come back from the war. Fine. So right now, Rabbi Tam wants to answer for Rashi, and he says that Rashi is not Dafka. Rashi doesn't mean shemiyamos v'mochama, and doesn't mean ma'ayuim to mean the moment before death. Rather, he means if he comes back ever, if he comes back ever at the end of the war, if he doesn't come back, I'm sorry, at the end of the war, that's when the get takes effect. But if he comes back at the end of the war, the get shouldn't take effect, and therefore ma'ayuim has to mean miyamksiva because not totally on death like the war in Gideon. Now, you can ask a simple question here. Why in the world do they make such a funny condition, right? Why in the world do they make such a funny condition? I would, if you're making a condition, make a condition, because it doesn't come back from the war. That makes sense to me. But why would I make a condition if it doesn't come back at the end of the war? What, it was normal for them to come back in the beginning of the, in the middle of the war? That they had to make such a funny stipulation? I'm asking now on a historical level. Now that we're saying that's Trent and Rashi, so why, why does that make sense? Why would they, make, why would they do that? So here, I brought for you in source number 10, Rabbeinu Krashkash. Rabbeinu Krashkash was a Talmud of the Ra'ah. We don't know so much about him, but we have his commentary here in Ksubis. Rabbeinu Krashkash says that, that uh, the reason they came back is because they used to come back to their houses and bring back food to the war front. How did they have provisions in the war front when they were having wars? So Rabbi Krashka says they used to come back to the houses and bring provisions back to the front lines. So even if it wasn't the same person, the same right, they were obviously the same shoulders weren't going back to their houses, right? Every other day they're going back, bringing two days of food, going back again, obviously not. 
maybe there's some kind of rotation, whatever, however they worked it out, but they were going back from the war, from the front line to go back, get provisions, and bring it back to the camp. That being said, it had to be, says Rabbeinu Krashkash, that the condition was that they don't come back at the end of the war. Because it was just if they don't come back, the whole point of the get crisis became irrelevant. Because they would have to write so many in throughout the course of the war that it became uh, non-effective to Kadam. That's Rabbeinu Krashkash's understanding of why that would be the Nusuch of of the uh, of the what's it called of the get now I'm going to tell you something I don't think Tosis agrees to this point it sounds to me from Tosis that the whole reason he's saying this is just to make sure that the incident with Bashem and Oriya makes sense now that being said it's also true that I assume that Rabbeinu Krashkash knew that as well but Rabbeinu Krashkash isn't coming with a list of questions and using the questions as a motive for defining what the event was. Rabbeinu Krashkash has a story, and this is how the story makes sense to him. According to Tosfos, Tosfos it's clear that Tosfos is just introducing ideas and concepts based on kashas. So it seems interesting to me that to say that Tosfos would assume this to be true as well, but uh, it's a ha'ara, it's not a kasha, it's a ha'ara. Whether or not Tosfos agrees to this nakuda of Rabbeinu Krashkash, but uh, it seems to me like like if you were going to ask me, I wouldn't love to ask Tosfos agree to this answer. Now, that was all Rabbeinu Tam in the world of Rashi. But Rabbeinu Tam has his own answer here. Rabbeinu Tam. So Rabbeinu Tam says, She was called a Suffolk Ishish. Why? I'm sorry, Rabbeinu Tam, a forage, Rabbeinu Tam explains that Kisav get Krisis the Gamri, that the you soldiers used to give their wives a complete divorce document. Beloishum Tanai. Without any condition whatsoever. That means that every time a soldier went to war, he would divorce his wife. No conditions. That she wasn't married from the moment he walked out the door. That's a pella, right? Now, if this happened with Kohanim, did this and that, I'd lay it there. I don't know. But this Takona of David Melech, of, of, of Shola Melech, that they clearly did this, was a condition that was very, very... There was no condition. There was this pressure to divorce the wives. And that means that obviously then the Basheva the Basheva wasn't married in the time when she was a Dabada Melech. Now says this is the Pirusha Kasha. But according to him, according to Rabbeinu Tam, it's difficult. Why am I clearly Safikishish? Why did the Gemara we just quoted about see a caller Safikishish? Ha Havi Grusha Gamura. She was a complete divorced lady. Completely divorced. So Rabbeinu Tam says she was called a Safikishish, the Fishaimagansha Bitsina. They divorced them privately. So people wouldn't know that they got divorced. And people would jump to marry them off. But according to Rashi, it's difficult. How can he have relations with them in the day? Maybe he's going to come back. So the goal now is to explain Shitas Rabbeinu Tam and Shitas Rashi. What's the stance of each one? And really trying to make the sense of the incident with David Masheva in light of their, the Psukim, and the stances in what's going on. It's like this. In the world of Rabbeinu Tam, let's start here, because in a certain way it's easier. According to Rabbeinu Tam, so what happened was that Uriah left, he divorced his wife. Now, says Rabbeinu Tam, that they didn't they, when they divorced their wives, they divorced them entirely. And therefore she was not married. She wasn't married Bihlal. So now 
Why did they call it Tzavik Yitzhishish? They did it in private so no one knew. So the basic question is, if everyone's doing it, so it's not so private. Obviously, right? So I saw, someone asked this question, it was a sefer called Mishpasit Zov. I saw it in my shul in Shabbos. I was looking at it Friday night, between Kabbalah Shabbos and Maariv, I think two weeks ago. And uh, there he brought, I forget from who, and they said that they would only have this takana for people who had snuim. This wasn't meant for the Hamun Am, it was only meant for Tznuim. And since it was only meant for Tznuim, the Tznuim would make sure that the secret didn't get out, because I would undermine the whole point of the secret. Um, yeah, now, how do we know that Bashev and Uriah were Tznuim? Or even ask better, how did David Melech know that Bashev and Uriah were Tznuim, that he could go ahead and do such an action, like an act based off the presumed get? So I want to, I want to bring out a diuk and a pasuk. The pasuk says, in Perakid Aleph, Pasuk Gimel, Vayish Lechlovet Vayidrish Leisha, David went out and he found out about the lady, Vayyim HaLazis Bashev Bas Eliyam. This is Bashev, the daughter of Eliyam, Eishis Uriah Chiti, the wife of Uriah, the, of Uriah Chiti. So I have a, a, a basic question. What if the Pasuk just said, HaLazis Bashev Eishis Uriah Chiti? So there, it seems to me, that uh, that would have sufficed, right? For all, all intents and purposes of the story. We know it's Bathsheba, and we know it's Eishas Uriachiti. That's everything that's pertinent to the story. Why does the Novi say Bas Eliam? So the Malbim makes this diuk, and the Malbim says that the reason why it says Bas Eliam is because Eliam had a very important father. Eliam's father was a person named Achitoifel. Achitoifel, we know, both from the Novi and from the Talmud, that Achitoifel was the advisor to David Melech. And therefore, if Achitoifel, who was the advisor to David Melech, had a granddaughter whose husband went to war, then it's very, very safe to presume that if the advisory board of David Melech, and David Melech made it the Kona for the welfare of Jewish women not to become a Gunas, so then that is very safe to assume that Basheva got a get also. Now, that's the Malbim says, Pshat, why does the, the Novi say, Basheva Bas Eliyam? To tell us they know that David Melech knew because of that that she got a get. Now, the world of Rabbeinu Tam, that's a get, which means she's totally divorced now. Totally divorced. Nothing doing. A free lady. Now, comes along David Melech, brings her to his house, has relations with her, a whole piece. And now, the Novi, Nosan Novi, comes along and is very upset. He's upset. Why is he upset? What did David Melech do wrong? So if you're going to ask me, under this night of the picture, I would say, what did he do wrong? I would say that what David Melech did wrong was that there was a takana here. The takana was that they should come back and the wife should still be able to be their wife and not someone else's wife. So you made a takana to do it privately and you took advantage of that takana. That's what I would say. That's not what Nasan Anabi said. Nasan Avin said that there was a person who took someone's sheep, we only had one sheep, and the other guy had tons of sheep, and you took that someone took the sheep, and that was you. It sounds like you took someone else's wife. You took something that didn't belong to you. That was Nasan Anabi's taina. Why is that a taina? She was divorced. She was a free lady. She was a free agent. She didn't want to be with uh, with Uri anymore. She didn't want to be with Melech. So what's the problem? Why is that wrong? So it seems that the whole taina on Melech wasn't because he, he, he transgressed any halacha. 
And that makes sense with the Gemara and Shabbos. The Gemara and Shabbos says that Kula Imidavichota Inu Adatoa. Aye, so where was the sin? The sin was that for a person of David Melech's stature to go ahead and take advantage of that Takana is a lack of sensitivity towards the, the establishment of the Takana itself. The Takana is to ensure that men should, on one hand, not leave their wives agunas, on the other hand, it's to allow them to come back and to be with their wives. So David and Melech, you're, you're endangered all of that because you, Kwa the Takana, took someone else's wife. Because Kwa the Takana, he was supposed to be able to come back and marry her. And you want to mind that. So it's not a halachic taina. And halacha, David Melech did absolutely nothing wrong. But it was a lack of sensitivity that, that Nusra Navi is coming at taina with. And that David Melech had to do true before. That would be Tosa's understanding of the, of the, of the sugi here. But according to that, it's Mamish, the, the one Shabbos makes a lot of sense. And the, the institution itself is very straightforward. There's no funny conditions. And the, 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 biggest, the biggest pill that we have to swallow is that this wasn't a uniform din. That even though it says, Kul say, right, which Tosa says, Eston Rashi, how could he say, Kul say? It was only for the people who was relevant Ibum, Kalayyitsi in the world of Tesis. This means for the Tsnuim. It means only for the Tsnuim. Now, in the world of Rashi, we have a whole different get. We have a get that was either Shimyamus Bilmochama, or it was a get that even if it's not Shimyamus, but rather it was a get that if he's Yachzor Bilmochama, either way. So then, retroactively, the get should take place on the time it was given. So I brought for you here a Maram Shiv. The Maram Shiv is in Source 9. And Maram Shiv is coming to explain what's the advantage of Rashi over Tosis. So he says as follows. He says that at the end of the day, there's an implicit question here. Now what happens, although Orya came back, right? Orya came back from the war. So how could you say that the Ketanai was only that if he doesn't come back, he came back. So instead of going along and saying he doesn't come back at the end of the war in a funny condition like that, the Maram Shif actually says that was the impetus for Rashi to learn that the Tanayin they get was Shim Yamos. That Dafka there was Shim Yamos because Uriah came back. And even worse, right? David Melech Dafka sent, was trying to send Uriah to go, was trying to go send Uriah to go back to his house. So it has to be then, says the Maram Shif, that that was the impetus, that was the push. So now, that being said, so what happens? David Melech knows that Uriah gave a get. How do we know? Because Bathsheba is a granddaughter of Achitofel, David Melech's advisor. And now, even though we know she got a get, at the end of the day, David Melech is doing something very interesting. Why? Because David Melech is still acting on the get and being intimate with her, even though the get might not be fulfilled. Now, how could he do that? The Chorot is it's a suffocation. So I brought for you here in order to address this question. The the Malbim goes out direct this. He says slightly different. But I brought for you the Shulchan Aruch, just so you can see inside in source number 15. There, for, due to a lack of time, let's let's jump to the middle. Yeah, let's jump to the middle. And he says, four lines down, Vim Amrla, if a man says to his wife, Hariat Megareshes me Achshav. You're going to be divorced from now, or from today, 
On this condition, or he says to her, or you're divorced, with this condition. When the condition's fulfilled, she'll be divorced from the time period where he gave her the get. And therefore, he can't go ahead and nullify it ex post facto because the get already took effect retroactively. Or to change any of the conditions once she took the get already. And if she lost the get in the interim or burned in the interim, couldn't she escape it tonight before the conditions fulfilled? If she fulfills the condition after his death, it still works and she's divorced from the time period he gave it to her. Comes along the Aruch and says, now, the proper course of action is she shouldn't marry anyone before the condition is fulfilled during this interim period. And if she did marry someone, she should separate until the condition was fulfilled. Says the However, if there's a condition which she's in control of, she shouldn't have to do anything to fulfill it. We're not worried that maybe the condition won't be fulfilled. She get married right away. So now, comes along with Shulchan Aruch and says there's a chiddush. There's something called a tanai biyoda. A tanai biyoda means that if a lady can go ahead and control whether or not the fulfillment of the get will take place, therefore, she, since it's in her control, she can act as if she's divorced already before that condition was fulfilled. That's an unbelievable concept. So now, let's apply that to our sugya. We have David Melech, who had relations with Bathsheba, and he knew that she got a conditional get. So says David Melech to himself, I can make sure that Oriya doesn't come home. I can make sure that happens. Why? I'll send him to the front lines. So since it's Biodo, he can control it, according to the Shulchan Aruch, that means then that he's able to send him to the fr- he's able to act as if she's not married right now in the present because he can make sure the condition's fulfilled. That's the basic approach here. Now there's an issue, there's multiple issues. Issue number one is that it's really Beshev, the, the, the Shechon Aruch says this only applies Beshev Taisa. This only applies when it's Biyoda, she can control the condition being fulfilled, and you don't have to do anything to have that condition filled. For example, if the condition was that if she doesn't go ahead and bake chocolate chip cookies in the next 30 days, they'll be divorced. So as long as she doesn't do anything, so then they're divorced. Here, David Melech had to do something. He had to be proactive. He had to go ahead and kill Uriah, had Uriah killed. There, why wasn't David Melech concerned that maybe he'll try and Uriah will escape? Or maybe he'll send him to the front lines and Uriah will be a beast and he'll kill everyone and he won't die in war. Or maybe the message won't get across. Or maybe before David Melech sends the message, David Melech himself will die. And retroactively, we'll find out that David Melech transgressed Aish uh, Ish while he was still alive. So for all these concerns, it's very, very difficult to hear this as Pshat in the incident with David Melech. But the mice of the Malbim goes like that. The Malbim goes ahead and says that this was the, the, the reason, the basis for David Melech being able to do it is because it was beyond to make sure that the condition was fulfilled. That is a Malbim. That being said, I just want to point out, uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about here. And, you know, Avada, this is a complex sugya. 
But like we saw already clearly from Rabbeinu Tam, and we're developing in Rashi, there's questions, and Chazal, the Rishinim, the Mepharshim, are not afraid to ask these questions. I brought from here in the Malbim. The Malbim has five kashas he quotes in the name of the Trumas Hadashin. On David Melech, that he added Ashes Ish, that he killed Uriah, and even if he didn't kill Uriah, so then he killed other people also, and all these different things that are claims against David Melech. He asks them. But you know what he does? He asks the Kasha. He's not afraid of the Kasha. But then he goes ahead and explains and proves to you from the Psukim themselves how to understand what David Melech was doing. So I told this to my Shir also. I'm going to tell it to you. It's so worthwhile. Take two Prokim of Shmuel, Shmuel Beis, Perakid Aleph and Perakid Beis. Learn them with the Malbim. Learn them with the Malbim. And you'll see that this pshat we're saying now in Rashi that there was a condition in the get that since it was Biyodo, he has an ability to make it, he's able to. You'll see Rabbeinu Tam. You'll see Diyukim that prove that there was a get krisis. That even within the basic pshat of the psukim, within the pshat of the psukim, it's indicative and representative of Chazal's understanding of the sugya. Like I, I, I try to say all the time that the, the kashas, there's a million kashas, and the more that you learn the sugi in, the more you realize that the kashas disappear. So, that we stag together, we grew together for a whole year. Baruch Hashem, it's a big schuss to learn together. It's a big schuss when you guys reach out, we get to talk and learning. And Emir Hashem, everyone should have a good summer, and they should get refreshed and learn, and steig, and have, you know, whatever extracurricular activities they need also, and I'm looking forward to Mitzvah Hashem, to steiging together next year.